Welcome to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. Yeah. I'm Deirdre Cobbleman, and along with your co-host, JG, yep. every Saturday night we share and educate our listeners on topics that show up on the playground, that show up in the boardroom, in our workplaces, and we talk about topics that affect all of us in our personal and professional lives. Yeah. Gut Wisdom will make you think and will leave you with real solutions that come from real Wisdoms. So what are we going to talk about tonight? So tonight, in the next hour, we're actually picking up on our second segment on communication, both oh, verbal yeah. yep, verbal and nonverbal communication to help our listeners communicate better in their personal and professional lives. So we're going to start the night on the topic of communication and emails. Emails? We, really? Emails. We all deal with them. We all hate them at times, but it's a method of communication that is just not going away anytime soon. So it's more than worth <laughs> our time to explore the best ways to navigate, you know, this uh, virtual minefield. And you know my feeling about emails. I, I really detest and, and despise emails. Have you ever sent an email that you regretted? Really? You're asking? <laughs> uh, I would say no, but that would be a lie. Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, you want to share a little bit about that? You know, I... You know, unfortunately, in my old days of being extremely reactive, you know, something would shoot across the bow and it would be an email. I'd be like, oh, my God, uh, I better respond to this. And I, and I would say things that were maybe inappropriate. Uh, or uh, uh, uh. Hold that thought because we're going to talk about your inappropriate emails. You always interrupt me. You're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates. Pure, raw and real dialogue about the most pressing problems in business and in life. I'm mm-hmm. Deirdre Koppelman. Here with your co-host, JG. We'll be right back to dig into the world of email communication. That and much more right after these messages on WCBS News Radio 880. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. And uh, tonight we're talking about what I call the dreaded communication of email. So many emails. I get I'm I'm overwhelmed in emails, and I was sharing right before the break. I think uh, I've definitely. Oh, I've definitely sent out <laughs> one or two email communications that I probably shouldn't have. I, I you know, I've regretted. I think all of us have done pressed that. Pressed that JT. send button, you know, a little too quick on <laughs> send, send, send. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's and and it's so amazing because we love that emails allow us to avoid, you know, talking to people on the phone or face to face communication. But actually, I think a lot of people hate emails because they're a minefield of, um, you know, social and workplace rules. And frankly, they just take up so much of of a day of our time. So much time. You know, and if recent history has taught us anything, emails live forever. In fact, yeah. I think it's truthful to say that emails are harder to get away from than anything written on paper has ever been before. I mean, think about it. Books and papers are lost to time, water, fire. You know, you throw them away. Yeah, but, but not email. Not emails. <laughs> Once they're out there, you really can't take them back. 
Yeah. What kind of statistics? You know, I love to bring statistics into uh, into our show. What stats do you have on emails? It, so doing a little research, uh, one of the technology market research firms uh, did a study on email and communication, and they found some fascinating statistics and analysis. Do you know how many email users there were in are were in 2015? Can you guess how many email users? Yes. Mm. How many people are in the world? <laughs> 7.4 billion, but it's actually 2.6 billion email users. Oh. And they project by 2019, I think it'll be way more. There'll be 2.9 billion with a B email users. Wow. How many so if there are that many users how many emails do you think are sent in a day? According to the research, they came up with approximately 205 billion emails are sent per day. And by 2019, you can estimate that there'll be two, almost 250 billion That's insane. Per day. That's insane. And what about, could you- uh, How many emails do you send out a day? I uh, counted the other day. I sent out close to a, a little over 100 emails. Did you in one day? It's absurd. You know, it's interesting. I don't think I've ever counted how many I send. I just know that for me, I have to shut the volume uh, down almost to zero on my computer because what happens is, like with everybody else, you get an email, bing, and you get a notification. Uh. And then it's then I'm being notified on my cell phone at the same time. And it, it, it's almost like, uh, I think it contributes to adult ADD. I mean, the number of emails are just... It's absurd. Out of control. Before the show this morning, I got up and I said, you know, I know we're going to have this conversation. I'm just curious. Mm. How many have I sent? And I went through my sent box and I grouped them. You showed me how to group them. I have a system. Yeah, I followed your system. And I went through the system and I was like, holy cow. That's like absurd. Yeah. Well, you know. Here's an obvious statement, right? Email takes up a lot of our time. And yes. did you know if you were to search for like save time on emails, you'll get an endless amount of tips and tricks on how to spend less time on emails. And you can get so tied up in answering emails that at the end of the day, you feel like you really didn't get much done at all. Yeah. The, I, I, I read about a survey, uh, I think it was by Adobe, that the, do you know my, I'll, I'll ask the question. Okay. On average. How many hours a day does a worker spend on emails? Hmm. I don't dun, know. Dun, dun, I, dun, I don't know if I could go by how many hours I spend on email, so I don't know. What's well, the, the average U.S. worker spends close to six hours per day either checking, reading, or responding to emails. Oh. Yep. And do you know half of that time was work email and the other half is personal emails? Wow. Oh, that's a fascinating statistic. So how does any work actually get done? Or is all work being done through email? I don't uh, know. It seems like a lot of pushing. Yeah. You know me. I'm not an email person. I'm a phone guy. So yes. I think with all the stats, I think it's important to take a step back and question one assumption <laughs> that everybody seems to be making out there, and that's emails are a waste of time. Mm. You know, what do you think about that statement? Well... I don't know. I, I wonder, do you get more done or do we get less done and more emailing done? Mm, let's talk about it. I, I would say that for me, I get less done with email, but I figured out ways to minimize my time on email, which we'll talk about later. Well, I'm going to say something a little controversial. Go ahead. Sometimes I like to be controversial. I don't think people spend enough time on emails. What? What do you mean by that? <laughs> 
I have a, I have enough. You just got through saying that people spend so much time on emails. How can you be telling us now that we should spend more time on emails? Well, I think we have to be more thoughtful because in the rush uh, to respond to people as quickly as possible, we forget that the communication itself needs to be put together carefully and thoughtfully. And if yeah. not, you'll probably cause more emails to be sent back and forth. And the yes. fallout from sending emails that you really haven't thought through or carefully written that, you know, you can hurt people's feelings, you can miscommunicate, you can create confusion, you start copying a whole bunch of people, and nobody, yes. right, the threads get longer and longer. Oh my God, and it goes back and forth, like like ping pong. Yeah, so I think you do have to spend the so time. How, so how much, so let me interrupt, I'm sorry, but how much time is enough? I think the simple answer, JG, is that it needs to be enough time so that you're comfortable with the email you're going to send. How, you know, how long is the email? How sensitive is the situation? Um, you know, it, it's, it's a, on a, I'll say on an email by email basis. I mean, one of my pet peeves yeah. with email communication is, um, you know, certain things after a while, when, when the email ping pong, you know, has continued, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. My biggest pet peeve is at some point, there has you just have to stop and you have to pick up the phone or yeah. it's this never ending uh game of of email pong I'll call it yeah and with email pong what i found is especially having served on a major organizational committee a national global organization that i worked on you know they had cc people on the email mm-hmm. and then everybody would click reply to all <laughs> and then would go back and forth Ding, 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 ding. It would just constantly ring. You you couldn't keep looking at the emails, and it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Everybody had an opinion. Everybody had a thought, and it didn't really matter. So I think that's another point. Well, don't pe- you didn't you just put a little system in for yourself? Maybe that's a tip that would help listeners with uh, with emails. Well, you know, I have what I call my email thoughts and principles. Is that what you're referring to? No. My 10 ideas? No. So I would or say- Or my out of office message. No, not not that. We can talk about no, that later. Or I, that would... I don't check emails that frequently. No, not that, but I that's a good up. one. I tried three things and I've struck out. What do you got? Well, <laughs> what, I've, what I look at is, you know, how many emails I get in a day. And it's it could be, I don't know, 200 emails a day, let's say, on at average. Least. Yeah. And you actually taught me something that I'm still a little hesitant to I taught try. You something? Yeah, oh, you did with impressive. emails. You told me that yeah. you created a system, uh-huh. a, rule. a rule. You taught oh, me about the rules, folders. not the folders. You oh my God. you have this CC rule. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what is anyth- that? Oh, oh my gosh! Sure, sure, sure. I'm CC'd on so many emails because people think they need to keep me in the know, in the loop, right? So what I have is an automatic rule that says when something comes into the inbox and I'm CC'd on it, it doesn't go into my general inbox. It goes directly to a folder mm-hmm. underneath the inbox, which is called CC folder. So I ended up going from, I'm going to make up a number, 200 emails down to about 50 emails a day in my regular inbox because most of the other stuff I was just merely being CC'd on and it was more... FYI, JG, or keeping you in the loop. Like, I didn't have to take an action. So I well, bundled I think, that till the end of the day. But that's the key point. I think when you're sending an email, yeah. 
in the to box, be sure that if you're sending an email and whoever you put in that to box, you are requesting some kind of action from them. Totally. Because sometimes I'll see, I get CC'd, but there was an action that was required or being requested of me, but because I was in the CC, sometimes I may not put them in a folder like you do, but I'd yeah. like to, and I think I will. I may not look at that with the same sense of urgency when I'm Absolutely. being communicated as a CC. If you need something from me, then make sure I'm on the two. Sure. If you're keeping me in the loop, well, okay, then CC me. Then I could probably declutter. Yes. The use of rules, I think, is super important, but I can declutter by creating um, that CC folder. I think that that's really good, um, a good, good tip. Yeah. The other thing that I do to make sure, because I use my inbox to make sure that I don't miss what I, what it is that I am supposed to do. Right. Pretty much every morning, I will sort my inbox by who where who sent me the email. Uh huh. And so it gets you know I look at it alphabetically. Yes. And it gives me a little bit of a uh, an organizational system I'll say to make sure that one I'm not missing anything. Yes. Two I can file. Um, these emails away according to who or what it's about. Yes. Right. And and because I'm neurotic, I cannot stand. Some people I know they keep every email in their email box, and I've seen fifty three thousand four hundred and twenty two exactly. emails. <laughs> that is to me that that would give me the shakes every morning. Right. Like I'm trying to keep it down to where I I, don't, I have less than a hundred in my email box, yeah. and even. It doesn't always you know, work. David Allen, who wrote a book about uh, productivity, said you try to get your e- inbox down to zero every day by either you you defer it, you delete it, you delegate it, or you do something with it. Four four Ds. Yeah, the four Ds, as opposed to the <clears throat> three Cs that we talked no, about, about communication. It's or the seven Cs. Cs of communication. Oh, the three Vs. Three Vs: <laughs> visual, yes. verbal, yes, voice, voice. Yeah. Yep. 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 So what what was his system? Oh, so every day you try to get your inbox down to zero, and basically the way you do that is you quickly sort once or twice a day you go through your inbox. So it's not on all the time. You do it at a certain interval during the day. You look, you review, you decide what needs to be done with it. Does it need an immediate action or not? And then either you delete it, you take the action. If you could do it in two minutes or less, Mm -hmm. you delegate it to somebody else to handle, or you're done. Hmm. And every day you get rid of your uh, inbox. So I have a, I can't say I have a perfect inbox, but. Yeah, well, I'd say that (laughs) another good thing to do is, especially now with the holidays coming upon us, the amount of emails that I get from shopping websites. um, Folder. Yeah, I need to create. Create a rule. Create a a rule. Create a rule. I know. So um, when we come back, we're going to get into the etiquette of emails, you know, this is all part of our series on communication. communication. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into some stickiness about emails as well, because I know you have, I know I have, I've sent out emails that I've regretted. I've received emails that people have regretted sending me. So you're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates. We're here every Saturday night at 7 p.m. on WCBS News Radio 880. Learn more about us at gutwisdom.com and stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. More drive time traffic. A collision approaching this happens in bridge. More often. Triborough Bridge is the problem. Weekday mornings and afternoons on WCBS 880. You're never more than five minutes away from the latest traffic news. A lot of volume across the upper level now at the uh, GWB. When you need to know, we've got you covered. Inbound Midtown Tunnel, there's a stall past the toll. Traffic and weather together, plus the new bridge and tunnel update. Only on New York's traffic station. WCBS News Radio 880. 
We're back, and you're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates. I'm Deirdre Koppelman, here with your co-host, JG. Yeah. And if you're just tuning in, we are deep into the subject of communication, specifically... Email. Chatting about the email communication. The bane of my existence. I know. Email. So when, before, we, before we had our break... Yeah. What, tell us the story about the, uh, the one email... One email? Oh my God, I got millions of emails that I've regretted sending. What's one? Well, well, and know, why did you do it? Reactive. It's always, I'm being reactive to something. You know, years ago, you know, there's pre-DK, pre-Deirdre, and now there's post-Deirdre. So, you know, pre-Deirdre, of course, mm. you know, I was extremely reactive. I was a bully boss. Now I'm a reform bully. But, you know, I would just react. The email would come in and I, I would, you know, and I took everything very personally. It's so, so hard. Well, how can you not, I mean, for, for just a little bit of a sidestep. Yeah. So you get an email. It's just words. There's no tone. There's no body language to read. There's no, they're just words. So you can't hear, feel, touch, sense anything. Except when I get an email that's in all cap saying, why did you send this to me? (laughs) And then you're looking and you're like, oh my goodness, what did I do? Yeah, well, the all caps, that's shouting, right? Yeah, that's shouting, that's that's yelling. That's how we perceive it. But you know what was helpful when someone said, well, listen, J.G., that's your 89-year-old mother (laughs) responding to something. So she probably didn't know that there is such a thing as email etiquette (laughs) or that there's a difference between all cap and small cap. Yeah, it's so, (laughs) so what do they call that large print email, large print? Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. like there used to be large print books. Yep, way back when they may still have them. I don't, I don't think know they yet. make books anymore. I'm uh, joking. Different topic. <laughs> um, so yeah, so here's the thing. I'm also very reactive, and it's so difficult when you get an email that just you feel it inside of your bones that you just want to write and respond, write sure. and respond, and just sling it right back and. I know we all have been in the situation where we've written things that maybe we did not want to write. I think if we can, you know, once we get to some wisdom, you replay the tape, that's, you know, that's really not what you want to do. But uh, is there really an etiquette to email, JJ? I know that there is. So why don't we go through some email etiquette rules and principles? Well, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions like, do you really need to say hello, regards, Thank you every time we send an email. Negative. No, definitely not. Really? I don't think so. I think I might disagree. Yeah, people say, do I need to do this? It's a yes or a no. You don't have to say, hey, how are you? How's the family? You don't have to get into a whole long discussion. Right. I agree. Not a whole long discussion. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Or and. I do think it's important to. There, there, you should be polite. Right. Right. You know, if it's a, here's always been my motto. If it's yes, no. You answer yes, no, nothing more, nothing less. Mm-hmm. But if there's more to it, then there's more to it. Well, think about how different companies have different cultures. Yeah, work mail, email, and, and the workplace culture, that that's a big one. Right, so how people communicate through email. Is huge. Well, it's a reflection. Of the culture. Of the culture. Definitely. And we, we have a client. And I, and, and I would say if, if people would spend, you know, just a little bit more time on reading the email without the tone, 
and responding to work mails appropriately, just being a human being, mm. we'd have a better workplace environment. Right. Well, think about it. How many how many of us have been in the CYA? Yes. Right? Yeah. Of, of emails. Is that I mean, call your attorney, call your airlines? I think it's cover your, you Got know it. what? Yeah. I can't say it on the radio. Not on CBS. No, not true. <laughs> um, I've seen this and it is rampant. Okay. We have some clients and we're working through this and it's, and it really has to be done group by group. There is a need to communicate everything by email. Yeah. They, they want to protect themselves. Exactly. They and, will not and, pick up a phone. And and worse, even this morning, I had to contact somebody over in London because I've reached On out. On a Saturday? You were working this I, morning? Yes. Wow. I had to work. Impressive. And I reached out and I knew I wasn't going to get them, so I left them a voicemail. And I've left three messages for them. I didn't want to put it in email, the conversation that needs to be had. Right. But I got so frustrated when I came back. And I realized that you know what I'm not getting any place with this person, and I di- and I and I did something bad. You know what I did? What did you do? I cc'd their boss. Oh, JJ. Yep, I cc'd the boss. I wrote an email to this oh. person and I said, "Hey, I've been trying to get you. Uh, you know, I was very clear. I left two or three messages. I haven't heard back. Please give me a call as soon as you can because we have certain things that need to get done. Do you know what happened instantly? Instantly. Sure. What happened? The gotta, boss mm-hmm. replied, so sorry, they've been out sick for 10 days. See. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Now I know why. And, of course, my mind says, well, why didn't you put your out-of-office message on? <laughs> you know, both your voicemail right. and Why not your communicate? <laughs> communicate. Hello. That's what the medium is for Yeah, when used the right way. Right. But, you know, here I was, you know, using email as a way to sort of like – prod and poke and you know I added the boss which probably wasn't the best thing no and that's always a question you know I was writing an email the other day or I started writing an email the other day I was a little also frustrated which is never a good way to start communicating absolutely whether you're not. again as we were saying never you know, last start an week, email when you're frustrated if or you're angry if you're stressed if you're angry if you're frustrated it's it's no different than any other type of communication you're not going to be able to fake the feelings that you're having just because you're sitting behind the computer and you're typing away. Yeah, you know, the way it will come out is probably not the way you want it to come out. And if it is the way you want it to come out, then why not pick up a phone and have a conversation? Totally. Which is agreed. what I did. I was a little frustrated the other day and I started to compose an email and I said, you know something? As I was reading it, yeah. Back to myself, I said, you know, no matter how many smiley faces I put on oh, this. Yeah. Use the emojis. I could put myself in the shoes of the reader yeah. and say, you know, I, it's probably better off. This is this is definitely not going to be taken well. And I, I'm just going to pick up the phone. And you know what? Smart. I, I picked up the phone and I actually read w- the words that were on my email, but because there was tone to it. Yeah, it took on a different meaning. Well, it, right? it, abs- it, it one, I didn't sound as frustrated. And the person who received it definitely received it better than had they received it in email. There's no question about it. And, you know, that was practicing empathy. Yeah. What about personal emails? Any difference there? No, to me, I'm I'm the same when it comes to personal or professional emails. Uh, You know, I like to really think about, you know, 
if if I were receiving this email, would I be hurt by anything in it? Would I understand what it says? I always try to put myself in the eyes and the ears of the reader before I hit send. And yeah. you know, if you ask yourself that question, it you know, it takes the pressure off. Yeah. You know, Tim, uh, Tim Shell, director of news and programming, made a very you know gave us a very good tip that he uses. Is this something? Is this an email that I would want printed? And, and posted and posted on my front door. Mm. Hmm. Definitely something to think about. What about the length of emails? What do you think about that? I like to keep it short and brief and to the point. And obviously, that's my personal and professional opinion. But obviously, there is no one answer to the question. But I'd say a basic rule of thumb: if you're going to type an email, is if you think it's too long, you can bet the recipient will probably think that too. Totally. I mean, and, I know if I get an email yeah. that's too long, yeah. I, I, not only do I not want to read it, I'm not going to read it. Right. And I, and I think as we look at the way people communicate, when you have so much to say, uh, depending on your preferred mode of or medium of communicating, mm. you know, you're probably better off if it's long, probably picking up a phone we're going to have a face-to-face discussion on it. Right. What about um, text messages? It's harder to type on a phone. Yeah, they, they tend to, you know, people tend to leave out the niceties, like the hellos and the thank yous. They're very short and brief, to the point. Right, and then, um, and, and of course, it also you gives you- You could be floppy. Well, I've get, noticed that. Like, I don't have spell check on my- Well, uh, well it gives you the opportunity <laughs> to be sloppy, especially, yep. you know, when you include that stock message, which I really can't stand, you know, pardon me for the errors, but I'm using my XYZ phone. Yeah. What is that? What's that all about? Well, it's a way of, uh, you know, it's, it's a nicety, you know, it's simple. Yeah, but that stock message to me says to the recipient, sorry for being rude or sending you a badly typed email. I'm on my phone, but truth is I really don't care about well, you while I'm on the run. You know, the problem with allowing yourself to rely on, on these, quote, stock messages is that more and more of our communication, unfortunately, is done via email and text messages. So True. I think, I, you know, I take that as but that it doesn't means mean that, that you have to, right. you can't be sloppy and you can't be rude. And you have to have a little empathy and you have to be a little more thoughtful, intentional, and deliberate when constructing either an email or a text message or even Snapchat. You know, whatever, it, whatever the medium is, you have to be a bit more thoughtful. Well, you know, it's that sensitivity level. Right. That should be your guide. Yes. If you're uncomfortable talking with somebody in person. Yeah. That is definitely the wrong time to be sending an email. Yeah. Do you think that there are certain subjects that just simply you should not discuss in an email? I don't like to discuss conflict. Yeah. Conflict. Resol- when you have problems or stress or anger issues, you never, ever want to take it out in email. And and again, I'll repeat this, and I've said this before. You know, anything you put on your office computer, on the company computer, that is not private. You know, that's a public domain, and people could see it eventually if there's a lawsuit or something. I mean, most companies have HR, you know, human resource guidelines about what you can and cannot say in email or do or how to communicate. So, you know, I think there are definitely certain subjects that 
you know, you're just not going to discuss over email sensitive subjects. Do you ever do that? Rarely. I've gotten way better with that. I received an email from a cousin who was super upset about a situation. Sorry, Don't my cry voice. about it. I'm not uh, crying. You're going to cry, I see. <laughs> I, was, I was coughing. Um, and the, I mean, I couldn't, I mean, the tone was mixed. And it was about a conflict situation. It's like, pick up the phone. If something is that sensitive, talk. Yeah, right? And, and unfortunately, people rather email than confront Right. There's confrontation and there's carefrontation. And if you really care, you talk to somebody face to face. So my number one recommendation here is for avoiding, you know, let's call it the embarrassing situations or ensuring few ma- fewer emails overall. Well, I like the sound yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah. Is reread the email before you hit the send button. Definitely. You know, I know you're over it by the time you've written it, but the last thing you want to do is have to read it again, but it makes a lot of sense. You know, take the time, and it's simple, you know. This email is forever, and uh, are you okay with it being on a server someplace? Or anywhere else for that matter, and don't let technology guide your level of caring. Everybody's on the run. Everybody's using their phones to send emails. Everybody's busy. Yeah. But the person on the receiving end of that email doesn't necessarily know where you were when you wrote it. And guess what? Newsflash, they don't care. What they do care about is how, how you communicated with it's them. It's not what you say, but it's how you say it. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, email, most people read it in a negative light. They don't put a positive spin around it. They put their own thoughts and judgment into how to read it. Well, I always try and, and maybe, you know... And you can add as many emojis as you want. Well, that's what I do. You know? Yeah. I mean, you and I, I mean, there were times, you know, you'll send one word text messages. Yeah. And it's hard to tell. Is he angry? <laughs> is is this just a, a, a one word, everything is fine? Do you remember a long time ago? I don't remember. You know, it's my amnesia. <laughs> it's pre-DK. It's pre-DK. But you started to add emoticons, so it was easier to And was understand. that helpful? It was, but we'll because talk you ab- communicated that to me and said it would be helpful. I yeah. did. Okay, so let we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break because we have so much more to talk about on communication. You're listening to Gut Wisdom. You can learn more about myself, JG, and the work that we do by going to our website, gutwisdom.com. Coming up, we promised you wisdoms on reading body language, and that is coming up next here on Gut Wisdom Radio that resonates on WCBS News Radio, eight eighty. Get the news you need whenever and wherever you need it. Follow WCBS on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can even listen to WCBS on your phone with live streaming and audio on demand with the CBS local app. Stay connected with your favorite news radio station all day long. When you need to know, WCBS has you covered. Hey, everybody. We are back and you're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates. I'm J.G., along with the famous Deirdre Koppelman. Ha! <laughs> and if you're just tuning in, we've been talking about communication. Verbal, nonverbal, body language, and email was where we were just going to end. And I think and you by, have tips. Do you have tips for us? I'll share a couple of... Uh, wisdoms. Wisdoms with a Z, some principles and some thoughts. On email? Uh, just about email. Okay. And email only, and we'll end on that. And uh, number one... 
every email should have a signature line, meaning your name, your address, totally your phone agree. So we could, so you can call somebody to be brief, get to the point. Why are you writing the email? I always like to put that right in the subject mm-hmm. area. Three, be careful with replying to all. Big sin. A lot of us constantly totally commit totally true. is reply to all. Be mindful, and this is something you brought up earlier about empathy, you know, be mindful of the tone that's in the email, right? And, you know, I think about not typing in all caps, unless you're 80 or over, like my mom, (laughs) you're entitled to uh, type in all caps. Um, You know, don't criticize in an email. That's a big one. Yeah. I see a lot of, and don't reply when you're you're angry. Yeah. don't forward chain letters right. or jokes or, or porn. Oh, my God. I've seen some crazy things. And, you know, reread the email before you send it. Such you know, a good bef- idea. You know, I like to type an email and not put the person's name ah, in the two. You taught me that and, also. And, and then I think about it. Do I want to send it or not? And um, the last thing I, I would suggest as, as a wisdom is remember that if you're typing on a company computer, that email that email belongs mm. to the company, and it's sure not private, does. and it can come back. It can really come back and bite you totally. in a place you don't want to be bitten. Totally true. Totally true. And what about? So, yeah. No, no. You had one more. You wanted to add? Um, no, I, I just want to say that the, the idea of not addressing an email to somebody first, right? So you're typing, Type but it. there's no there's no address in the two box. Yeah. I really love that because Thank it gives you. you the you're welcome. Thank you because because of you, I now do that more Ooh, often one than for not. JG. No, it's really a good one. So so let's go back and talk about as we end the email conversation. Let's talk about the nonverbal uh, communication. You know, what are some of the wisdoms? What are some of the lessons you had? You wanted to share some tips, tricks, and tools to help. With nonverbal, right? Yeah, I wanted to share with uh, our listeners some interesting nonverbal cues that you may not have heard, but maybe you've seen, Mm. right? So when men are feeling uncomfortable in a situation, in a conversation, men will typically touch their faces while women in the same uncomfortable situation touch their necks, their clothing, their jewelry, their arms, their hair. Mm-hmm. I've noticed sometimes, uh, like I talk to somebody, and I know when she's uncomfortable, she starts playing with her yes. wristbands yes. and her jewelry. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I learned also that when men typically are under stress, they'll often pull their shirt fabric. You know, they'll pull it away from their from their neck as if it's like getting a little hot mm-hmm. under the collar. What well, do women do? You know, when they're under stress, uh, they'll look to. I, I guess you could say ventilate their necks by getting, you know, her hair away or tossing it uh, now, or pulling it now you've or, abs- or twirling it. No, well, the truth, and it is, it is. Everybody knows when my hair is up, whether it's in a in a scrunchie or one of those claw clips. Yeah, you got a clip you use. It is. It, it's off my neck, and you know, it's just one of those days. Yeah. And I've seen that in the it's office with day. with other. With other gals that, you know, we all work together. Yeah. When, when more than one of us has our hair up off yeah. our neck, you know we're stressing. No it's question. Funny. I wear a baseball cap. And when I flip the cap around, yeah. you know, where... Are you giving you know, us a hint? The front, yeah, yeah, that means I'm very focused. Oh, I'm being interesting. very deliberate. 
you know, don't interrupt me. Interesting. Just a, just a little that tidbit have, okay. of information okay, for you. Okay, good to know. Yep. And what other nonverbal cues can we share? Uh, let's see. Did you know that when your foot starts to suddenly kick, it is usually a good indication of some sort of maybe discomfort? Not just with your foot, but with the whole situation. Mm. And on interviews, and this is what's really cool, you know, when we interview people for for a position or, or a job, you could see them start either kicking or shaking their leg, you know, and, and it, it really their foot fast. Kicks. Yeah, totally. So as, when soon they, as, as soon as you ask the question, you know, they start. You could see the nonverbal, you know, the legs start moving. Interesting. And I read something uh, the other day that... A researcher noted that we make and recognize about 25,000 facial expressions a day. Yeah. I think for you it's about 23,226. <laughs> I think it's more like 35,000. Why are you scratching your neck right now? Are you oh, nervous? I, I just hadn't. <laughs> no, I hadn't. Well, how about this? How about this one? <laughs> a normal relaxed blinking eye rate is about six, uh, what they say, six to eight blinks per minute. But people, when they're under pressure, and I told you about Blinky, mm. especially if they're lying or telling a story, mm-hmm. you know, are likely to dramatically increase their rate of their blinking without even realizing it. Interesting. And did you know that, and remember we said uh, earlier, you can't just look at one gesture. No, right? one gesture is not, nah, it's not, doesn't give it all. It, it can give some, but yeah, it's an indication. just to be sure. So when a person crosses both their legs and arms. And they're blinking. <laughs> and they're touching their face, you know, with let's their just, shoulder. Let's just keep it to let's just keep it to crossing okay. both arms and legs. That is basically a sign that they have emotionally withdrawn from the conversation. Or they're making a judgment. Uh could be, but yeah. usually it's they've they're they're yeah, they could be making a judgment. Depends on what their facial expression exactly. looks like also. Well he, here's an interesting tip. When two people are talking to each other, they normally st- Speak, you know, toe to toe per se. Right. But if one of them turns their feet slightly away or keeps moving one foot toward an outward direction, that's a pretty strong indication or a sign that there's disagreement and they probably want to leave the conversation. Yeah, they want to bolt. Yeah, yeah, totally. And when people are really comfortable with each other, so the opposite, our feet and legs will usually mirror those of the person with whom we're talking with. Yeah, I think I think these are great things for listeners to start just watching. Well, you that's know, what it's about. Monitor these ver- these verbal and nonverbal cues specifically. And, and and I'm curious, what do you what do you think? Do you think we're right? Do you think we're wrong? Do you have any others? But I would also say when you're sitting, you know, do you ever notice when um you're sitting next to somebody and uh check out the direction of their leg? You know, if all is good, their top leg is crossed over and pointing toward the other person. Hmm. Did you notice this? If all is not good. I think I know where you're going. You know, if all isn't good, the position of the leg changes almost as if the thigh becomes the barrier. It's fascinating. They cross their leg. You you know what I mean? Can you picture that? I can picture that. And as we're sharing these these uh, (laughs) nonverbal body language cues, a great exercise that we often have... Uh, clients that we work with practice is try watching television mm. with the sound off. If you really want to challenge yourself, watch television in another language and shut the sound off. Just observe body language. If you did that well, 15 to 20 minutes a week for a course of, I'll say, we'll call it three weeks, four weeks, 
um, you will automatically improve your ability to read body language. My last year in high school, we had an English teacher that gave us a project. We had to take, do you remember the composition notepads, the black and white Of course. I used to take the bus to school, so the idea was you had to uh, compose every single day for 10 minutes, observe things that are going on around you. Mm. So I would write about, because I had time on the bus, I would write about things that were happening on the bus, and I would watch people. I would see what they were doing, and Mm -hmm. I would make up a story about, you know, the person was listening. In those days, we didn't have, you know, iPods, but... You know, I'd make up a story. The guy's listening to rock and roll, and this one is yelling at their kid. You could see them. Pointing their finger. Yeah, and and I would... And it was just all based on the nonverbal right body language. Body language. Yeah. So good exercise. What does reach research show? Um, what happens, JJ? Well, first the feelings first shows up in our body, and only like nanoseconds later does it enter into the conscious mind. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. What about verbal communication for just a couple of minutes? We covered a lot about nonverbal body yes. language yep. and how communication in email is as important as any other type Definitely. of communication. What about the verbal? Words. Well, well words, <coughs> now I have a cough. Words can help get our attention out and describe what we may need or want to know. Heck, sometimes it's hard to find the right words to articulate exactly what it is that we mean. Well, think about it. The words we choose are as important as every other element of communication. Think about totally. How, think about how picky we are when we're looking for a job and we need to create a resume. Oh my gosh! Right, extremely precise, careful, yeah. and choosy about what words we put on the resume. Right on. And, and the problem starts when you get into an interview and you can't articulate and communicate the way you've communicated in writing is a real challenge. Or, yeah, totally. Or what about when you're in a meeting and you have an introverted personality type, which is a subject for a different show, Yeah. right? And you don't prefer to use a lot of words. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, again, for another show, introverts are highly misunderstood people. But you know, you think about millennial, millennial, millennials that we've met with over the over the years, and when you ask them to tell them about themselves, you know, they typically have a loss for words. They don't know how to describe themselves, what they're good at, how they contribute to an organization. What they so can- true, so true. You know, it's so interesting, JG. Communication is such a huge topic. We have barely, barely scratched the surface. For sure, it, it's your words, your voice, your tone of voice. Visually, your body language, how we show up is big. Sure. There's the emotional self. Do we show up with a positive attitude, enthusiasm, self-awareness? How do our messages sync up to both verbal and nonverbal? Yep. And, you know, when you're presenting to large groups, you've got to communicate in a way that reaches all types of learners so that you need to know also your communication style needs to flex to others. We Mm. could really, I mean, we could go on and on and on. Most definitely. You, I know you wanted to share something before we. Uh, yeah. So one of the interesting is it your builder. What do you yeah, have? <laughs> is it my builder? Well, you know we've been coached quite a bit, and one of the things we've learned over the years is the importance of communication. And we created a tool that we use, whether it's with new hires or when we're dealing with companies, and it's all about understanding how people 
like to receive information is one question we ask. Mm. You know, is it in writing? Is it can phone, we, face Can we to put face? that on our website, that I tool we for can. people to get, for yep. listeners to, to have access to? Okay, good. You know, so what's, what's I, mean, I know. I'm, you interrupted I'm in, I'm me, but I know the time. Go ahead. Go. No, no, you first. No, no, you first. You first. Okay. So how do we receive information? Yeah. How do we like to get information? How do we like to connect with people? What do we do when we're stressed? So those are the things that I think are really important for our listeners. And we'll put that up on the website. Yeah. So in closing, let's talk about uh, next week. We have a special, a special, special, special episode on appreciation and gratitude in honor of Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to be here, Gut Wisdom, next Saturday night, right? On I, WCBS News Radio 880. Yes, that's true. Every Saturday night at 7 p.m. And we want your feedback. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know if there's a topic. Let us know if you want to be on the show. And you want to take some time, thank a couple of nice Absolutely. people. Absolutely. As always, I want to thank everybody for listening to uh, my host, Deirdre, and I share our wisdoms on communication. Expressly thank our uh, superstar executive producer, Kenya, and the amazing woman behind everything, Melissa on production, and Tom, our engineer, Greg Janoff, the director of news and programming here on CBS News Radio 880, Tim Scheld. Mm-hmm. And to our friends, families, and teams at GFG, Paracore Solutions, My Success Platform, and Gut Wisdom, thanks for your support. Previously aired shows are now available on podcast at cbsnewyork.com forward slash 880 audio. Have a great evening. Remember to tune in next week for a special show on appreciation and gratitude. Gut Wisdom is sponsored by Paracore Solutions.